0: That's not miss. Well, I'm a brush, Room proud motherfucker, motherfucker.
1: Welcome to The Party Pal, the mind bending film and television podcast you didn't know you needed. Welcome to The Party Pal as part of the Osiris Media Group. Head over to Osirispod.com. Check out all the podcasts they have to offer. uh, So many good ones. That's Osirispod.com. My name is Michael Shields, and I have with me writer, cinephile, my friend. You know him from the Alice in Borderland episode. Douglas Grant. Doug, how you doing?
0: Great, Mike. Thanks for having me
1: back. Absolutely. This is going to be uh, tons of fun because we're talking about Yasuke, the Japanese-American original uh, anime series loosely based on the historical figure of the same name, an African warrior who served under Japanese Lord Oda Nobunaga during the Sengoku period of samurai conflict in the 16th century japan it's created by Lashawn thomas and animated by famed japanese animation studios uh mappa m-a-p-p-a the series stars the keith stanfield as the titular character um just uh just to get the ball rolling i was I'm curious if you had some opening thoughts doug uh just uh, how you felt about it I, 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 obviously we we're here yeah. talking about it so we both loved it but uh um you want to get us
0: rolling? Yeah, I mean, we could start in a bunch of different places, but I'll oh, yeah. just talk about the onset of the series, the, where it starts off, because, um, you know, you just mentioned this period of Japanese history. I, I love this period of Japanese mm-hmm. history at the end of the, the second half, uh, coming to the end of the 16th century. Um, this period in Japan where the story picks up is um, really, it's always been really interesting to me. Um, there was, um, an insurrection against uh, Nobunaga Oda, who was unifying all of Japan, and he probably would have unified all of Japan if he hadn't been betrayed by uh, one, of his, one of his loyal retainers, mm-hmm. uh, Mitsuhide, who's also a character in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, before I get so into much of like the actual real history, let's not forget we're talking about a show with <laughs> uh, wisecracking AI robots <laughs> in feudal Japan, so <laughs> I don't want to dwell too much on that, but this is a really interesting uh, period in time for the story to pick up because uh, so much was changing in Japan then, and it was really like a very very bloody time for the samurai before an era of 200 years of peace was ushered in.
1: Yeah, I mean, you said it. It was a loose interpretation. They're doing something very different in novel here, and you know they kind of they built off the um, you know Yosuke's, uh, you know real story. But then they just kind of uh, reimagined um, everything moving forward and added in some technology and and magic. And I love that they did. It was just it was it was a fun, unique, different thing. I was um I was intrigued by this, uh, uh, you know, when I started um, seeing it out there in the world, just because, um, you know, I found out immediately that Flying Lotus, uh, uh, a musician and producer I love, was doing the uh, doing the score and um music for it and uh, you know he was also uh thundercat was working with him another great uh, amazing bassist, and you know the keith was involved and anyone who knows Lashawn thomas uh, the pedigree of the show uh was just incredible and Lashawn thomas he did uh he's the showrunner um the boondocks uh black dynamite on adult swim and legend of cora uh that's the sequel to um uh avatar the last airbender so just the team i mean that was putting this together you know, you knew something was there and, uh, you know, it, 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 turned out to be the case. Um, but yeah, the, it's one of those things I think we talked about it immediately. The, uh, this is one of the only times, one, one of the times where I'm not skipping to the theme song. I listen to it. I think, at, you know, every episode I watch, I'm, I'm It's called black gold and it's written and produced by fine Lotus and performed by Thundercat. It's worth noting too, that, um, Uh, Thundercat did the uh, music for... uh, Do you see this, Doug? The Blade Runner 2049 anime uh, prequel short. Did you see that?
0: I only saw that as I started to look more into, like, his credits on productions Mm -hmm. like this, but I came across that, and I was like... Because I had seen that before, Now I want to go back and watch it again. I want to
1: watch it. For anyone out there listening, it's incredible. It really sets up the the Blade Runner uh, 2049 story. It's really, really good. So, yeah, I was drawn in um you know it, it just uh, yusuke's story uh is just uh, completely compelling anyways and they took it they took it to some really really um crazy places um yeah and you were you were saying there's there's a lot of places we can go with this conversation i would just like to say um uh it's kind of start with the idea that the uh the villains in this were outstanding um you know, initially we get to to know the the priest who's hunting sake, um, and he's a g- absolutely a great villain villain in my estimation. Um, you know, we find him uh, initially uh, snapping the neck of that defenseless man in the uh, in the grave in that first scene where we're spending time with him. Um, he has that sinister wide smile. Um, he was just he he was uh, totally demonic, and then we found out at one point he has mutant powers that was it was a funny line the one of the um uh mercenaries which i can't wait to talk about them uh he was like he was like the wow the priest has mutant powers and and one of the other mercenaries the girls is like i mean it explains a lot you know <laughs> for the, the priest is back what did you think of the priest as as a villain or you know the first villain because you know there, there was more to come
0: i loved it i like um I liked how Minister it was, um, and I liked how you, you started to realize that other guys were just hired guns who were not on board with his mission, as totally. you started to see how they were foiled to one another, and mm-hmm. how when he did meet his demise, they just kind of gave up. They're like, all right, well, <laughs> that," I just walked off into the sunset. Uh, I also, I forgot the name of the, um, the guy on the team, but one of my favorite uh, scenes is when <laughs> the priest is torturing Yasuke, and mm-hmm. he's just... Had enough, and he comes and takes the priest by the robe and throws him <laughs> at the table, yes. and the priest just turns to him and goes, "You dare interrupt God's work."
1: It, oh, that yeah. is, um, that was the money-hungry, um, like shaman. Um, the team's incredible. Like that whole, like uh, that group of mercenaries. You know, we have a, you know, my favorite, the self-aware weaponized robot. Um, there's a Russian werebearer, assassin. Uh, a, a knife and like giant Sith wielding, uh, assassin as well. And like I mentioned, the money hung hungry, um, shaman. And I just love that, um, they, you know, they, they were an adversary at first, but you know, there was a moment in episode five where they come in, um, and, you know, fight alongside, uh, Yasuke. And it's just, it's so awesome. I mean, I'm with such a fan of, uh, of those moments, the kind of the Calvary coming in moments, you know, the Avengers all getting together at the end of them. It, I'm just such a sucker for that. And that really hit hard in episode five. But that grouping was so fun. And I think the word is fun. It was they, they – he added uh, – the the robot added, uh, like, a, just this, this delightful comic relief. There was a, one line when he was talking about teamwork and the line – uh, many people use as teamwork makes the dream work. He He's like teamwork makes the dream a slightly greater statistical probability. And just He <laughs> was just, he was, was totally, uh totally absurd, but that whole posse was so cool.
0: Or when they turn on the priest, like one by one, they're just talking smack to him and he's talking smack back. And he just points his laser cannon arm at him and you can hear it locking and loading. And he just goes target acquired. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so so good um but, the, but, but what was cool it uh, uh, you know to, to kind of touch back on the villains thing is this priest was just such a great villain and it was someone if he was the you know lead villain the entire series it, it would have been just fine it would have worked he was he was completely c- uh, compelling and but I mean he his his uh, demise happens in episode three uh what a cool way he went out to the, the the cross um, dropping on him. And we find out you know, we immediately are introduced to you know another head villain. It's that, that creepy spider, uh, spider like, freaky villain. And under yeah, and underneath her, there was two more villains. You know, she had the uh, the dark general and that other female kind of evil samurai. I mean, they were just throwing these these awesome um, adversaries and, and villains at us again and again throughout the whole series.
0: Yeah, and I, I I like you're right that the story arc with the like the first story arc with the priests and the team that, mm-hmm. that could have carried the series, but totally. Uh, I like when it moved because when when he you know priests in that context were just a small part of like what, what was going on in Japan at that time and like um, how adversarial they were to the way of things. Um, they were just barely tolerated in some circumstances and then uh, killed in others. But then. When he when he gets killed, that opens up the story to the larger. All right, now how does this fit in the whole, uh, the greater scheme of what's going on in Japan? And I like the character of the daimyo because that's just kind of a very loose interpretation on one of Nobunaga's vassals who I guess ended up in power after that struggle ended, which is where the story deviates from history.
1: Yes, <laughs> in a, in a major major way. Well, it's it's worth noting that um, uh, I'm pretty sure that the fate of uh, Yasuke is unknown. Um, like exactly what happened to him uh, at the end of his life. So this is <laughs> they uh, they took their shot at what, what happened there. Um, I'm curious what you uh, what you think just because I've seen uh, um, you know some criticism of it, of uh, Stanfield's um, kind of uh, uh, voice portrayal. You know because he does have that reserved kind of um, subdued delivery. How did how did you uh, take that? Uh, you know his his voice acting here.
0: Well, I think it like it served him really well. Uh in the, the the fairy years when he was the ferryman. Mm-hmm. Um uh or I guess it wasn't that fairy as much as both but Westwood Harris here, but um, you know, when he was living out his life in seclusion at the, mm-hmm. as twenty years has passed, he's got long hair and beard, like he you know, he's living that kind of Obi Wan on Tatooine existence. Totally. And I think that in that in that case his voice uh characteristics served him well. Um but uh I I don't have any problem with how it was when he was the younger soldier. I I, I, I he, I'm such a fan of his work. I think he's such a phenomenal it's actor. So uh, it sounds like what he's being criticized for is not having much of a range. But yeah. I don't need uh, like larger than life characters like screaming and yelling the whole time. Totally. I think, I, and and it, it's a good foil to the other characters who spend a lot mm. of time, you know, <laughs> beating their chests and shouting yeah. at the top of their lungs.
1: I couldn't agree more. Just to, to uh, echo what you're saying, like in the. Um, you know when he was yeah. running his raft i mean he was a pretty broken man and it just kind of works so well that um yeah. that he would speak this way but also in the other ways too when he was like you know more powerful and um as as a samurai fighter cuz it's one of those things i always like the idea and i believe in it that you got to watch the quiet guy you know that the 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 one that's not beating his chest not like really you know uh um you know it's just he, there's no reason for him to to be boisterous or talk shit because they could back it up. You know, they just, they yeah, are. Yeah, we, are.
0: we like the Boba Fett and the Daryl Dixon, the yep. one totally. um And don't forget when the shaman was running his mouth in that very first confrontation in episode one, he was mid-sentence when he 2K just <laughs> smashed him in the nose with his sore. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Um, what a visually stunning, like just, just uh, on my second view. And I was just like sitting back and it's, it's a, uh, it's a super psychedelic experience as well. There's a, there's one of my um, uh, favorite moments is when he's dreaming when he's getting tortured by the priest with his, um you know, he had the gold uh, uh, knuckles. Um, and so he's kind of like dreams off and he, in, in his dream, his head gets chopped yeah. off and a, and a tree grows out of it and like... With like flying lotus, lotuses like synth heavy score around it. I'm like, that is this is incredible. This is absolutely incredible. And uh, that was beautiful. it was it's gorgeous. There's so many gorgeous moments, and um, you know, uh, it it just it's such a weird visual. Oh, the fighting is. Yeah, I thought that looked amazing. What do you think of the um, the action scenes?
0: So, um, I uh, I thought I was. Would- I like the way that fight choreography can exist in animation, uh, as opposed to filming it mm-hmm. for the very reasons we saw in this series. Um, I, I like, especially, um, in episode four when they are on their flight through the mountains and they get, they come across that, across that village that the daimyo sent her people to, like that, that fight choreography with the swords is like some of the best I've seen in anime. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, have seen a lot of, um, subtle nods. To some of the greats that came before um most notably uh yoshiaki kawajiri whose work i'm a huge fan of he Mm -hmm. did ninja scroll and uh a bunch of other 90 animes that were really popular here in america um i I noticed i noticed the gentle like subtle nods from LaShawn thomas to um him and other animators who had those like one of my favorite things is when a sword cuts through something whether it be a tree or a human body and it's just Stay perfectly intact for a split second yeah. before you see it split off
1: so. yep. yeah, yeah there's a couple of moments where a head was sliced that way it just sat there for a second and then then, then it falls off um yeah absolutely i'm glad you, it, i'm glad you know, uh, mentioned those nods to uh to other um an, uh anime artists you know
0: well there's a, yeah and there's a trick to it like i don't i don't know if you're if if you're like me like if i go see a marvel movie today like sometimes i'm just like there's just too much stuff flying across the screen i don't know what's going on half the time it's too much sensory overload like to get it right you gotta have like slow down shots in certain places Mm -hmm. have subtle like concentrations on Mm -hmm. like certain movements and so i think that's what yasuke got right is i was able to stay there right there in the action in that moment and that's what i really appreciated about it
1: yeah couldn't agree more um there's some, there's some, you know, uh, themes that, that, you know, resonate even today, you know, the racism is a, a big one you know, so many people around him, uh, you know, always expected him to be a servant servant and he's, you know, fight, fighting against that. The whole idea that they initially thought he was an inked man. Um, you know, there's misogyny too, you know, they, they, they're not buying that, uh, you know, females could, could be this powerful and whatnot. So there, there's some deep themes, but, um, I think a lot of the depth that I got from it is just, there's a lot of trauma played out in, in the two main characters. I mean, um, you know, Saki's losing her caretaker of, uh, you know, being sick uh, she thought and different and all the events she's going through. And, you know, he's just broken too from all the loss in his life and what he's gone through. And, you know, so there's, there's a lot of trauma they're dealing with and, and you feel the weight of that throughout, throughout the whole thing, throughout their whole journey. And, um, I don't know. I think that really makes the payoff and, and you know, the conclusion that much better that they really are. They've gone through so, so much, um, throughout their lives and throughout this, this journey together.
0: Yeah. And I, I agree with you there. And then there was another, um, theme explored there. Uh, it had to do with, uh, duty and service and loyalty, but the flashbacks, um, to his samurai years under Nobunaga with, Mm -hmm. um, the female samurai who's his love interest. Um, you know when he ends up killing her she's like you know i was i did what i was supposed to do i was loyal to my lord which is what you're supposed to be mm-hmm. and um i did like you know yes yes is a hero we can root for and you know he's got all the virtues and stuff we look for in that like wandering um warrior mm-hmm. archetype but like you know there I- i'm glad they didn't gloss over the guy he served, uh, Nobunaga um you know they they painted him in a light that was favorable in terms of he yeah, had compassion for yasuke but like let's not forget that that guy put a lot of women and children to the sword mm-hmm. and she does raise that when they're having a um a, a feast uh in the hall after a battle, she does point out to Yasuke, she's like, you know, like you know, how many people do you think he's killed? and yep. Yep. What's this all for that we're killing women and children and putting them in mass graves? I like that it touched upon that briefly.
1: It had to. And absolutely. It, 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 that was super, super important. Um, yeah, like you said, you, uh, Yasuke is, is someone you could definitely root for, but Saki uh, as well. She's such a little badass. And, and you know, it, I love like her little snide remarks, like how she doesn't really didn't need him for protection it was just all about companionship i mean she that be, was awesome that was so awesome and just to have, like just she knew she knew her power uh when she realizes her power and taps into the life force in episode five in that moment that, that again to speak to the psychedelia involved that moment is just so so cool um yeah i just thought she i thought she was it, it, I, I was rooting for her in such a, a major way <laughs> one of my favorite things she did um i love uh, you know the whole thing kind of culminated in this like big lord of the rings type uh epic battle at the end which was really really cool i loved you know the technology at play and those big big um, you know robots and just it was it it became epic really really fast um and i've already mentioned it and i'm bringing it back up but when the uh the pot, the whole, the group of mercenaries shows up. Things just get really, really fun, and it turned out we find out that she hailed them from um, through the astroplane, offering them money. <laughs> like, that, yeah. that,
0: that, that's so cool.
1: <laughs> and it's because so, afterwards, you know, obviously the shaman's like, "Yeah, where's where's the payment?" That I, I, I can imagine Yatsuke just thought they showed up. Um, you know. at to, to help him out, but that's not what, the, that's not what that group does. So that was a very cool thing. Um, Sake did. Um, it, you know what I, I really enjoyed too, is that, you know, I think if you were to, um, overthink it a little bit, uh, you know, with, I, I obviously he's, a, he's a strong and eight c- capable, uh, samurai, but I mean, he's going up against some, you know, uh, you know, you would feel like he's outmatched, so often going um you know magically speaking or powers wise and you know you you, i think you're able or at least i was to able to suspend uh disbelief of his capabilities against these people with magical you know he's going like sword to you know versus spirit so to speak and like you don't i don't know it just seemed like it worked he was so capable and 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 it's a it, I don't know. I, I think I was over. You mean
0: like when he goes out on the battlefield with just his sword, and then there's a robot at Paul's character uh, totally, filled totally. with a giant yes. thing that can level pagodas? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. This is some disbelief. Um, and a priest
1: who's able to like put put his tendrils into his body and torture him, but <laughs> and, and like yeah, it's it's. But but it still somehow worked in in just a major major way for me. You know the um. Did you find any of the flashbacks jarring? I really liked how it was bouncing back, and the uh, just like they say, the the past informs our future. So the more uh, uh, we, you know, each each time we went back in time, I was just it, it, you know there was more. I was drawn into the characters more and more. I think they did a good balance. What do you think?
0: I think they did. I think there was. I you know I, guess I was going to say this at the end of the discussion. I think there's there's more room to be explored there. Like those the past and the present were. More loosely tied together than mm-hmm. I originally thought the six episode run would allow them to be, but it too. it did enough. It it, it it was in service to the character development, which I really liked. Yeah. Um. And again, the series kicks off at the end of Nobunaga's reign, and so every flashback was one. he was in service to it. So I, I really liked that. Like Nobunaga really did go to war with the Iga clan, and mm-hmm. and that was heavily explored in the flashbacks. And um, I also here i i wonder if they're leaving some of it unexplored uh so that maybe if there is to be a follow-up season like, that could be explored further down the road i bet
1: i bet i i, I believe it i believe it was successful and um I, w- I would love to see more of this absolutely well
0: that's you know if there were there were two post-credit scenes but mm-hmm. neither of the, one thing i can't stand in this day and age is, is um heavy-handed setup yeah. for uh what it, like you wrap up uh in the final episode episode of a season you wrap up the story in the first 50 minutes and say the last 10 to set up the next season i can't stand that yeah, bring, i yeah, like how beautifully home. this was handled Definitely. It was like this was a tight, controlled story arc, yeah. and it left room for the possibility of going off in a new direction should it come back. But it also, you know, if we saw him walk off into the sunset and that was – because he said that's how it happened in real life, we don't know what happened to him, then I'd be okay with that too. So I like that the door is open, but um, it yeah. wasn't like, all right, your next villain is lurking in the shadows. We'll explore that in season
1: two. I'm seeing so many fails in with that when, when you know, they are setting up a future season, and then – um you know the show gets canceled like there was no guarantee or something which really you know when you go back uh i think that would almost stop me from going back and watching things knowing that you know they were trying to uh, continue this whole thing and the story ends completely unresolved i think seasons need to come to a conclude and, and show writers and writers should just uh figure out ways to to you know rebirth it in a different way but uh, i think it needs to come stories need to come to a close
0: yeah and i mean and anime is like this typically like they can run long like the 24 episodes and that's how the major story arc will happen but this mm-hmm. managed to tell a really contained but like, well-told story within six episodes yeah, um it was concise and I re-
1: absolutely you know what? Uh, i thought um the humor was great a lot of it from uh, the self-aware weaponized robot um but the show was a very serious show and um And so the punchlines are few and far between. So they really have to land, you know, and I think they really did. There was just like, you know, each, there there wasn't many that I think missed the mark and, and and they were just, the the timing of them was perfect. It was just perfect comic relief. And and it wasn't overdone in that way too, which I really appreciated.
0: No, not at all. It was, yeah, it was, (laughs) it was just enough without being uh, too much. Um, Absolutely. And, and, you know, when we did lose the team, not lose, but like when the team of mercenaries went off at the end of episode three, you're we like, all right. So when they came back, I'm like, oh, thank God. Like, we're going to get some great action. We're also going to get some more laughs. Yeah,
1: yes, exactly, exactly. Um, so I, I see this story, um, I think we're going to see uh, more of um, Yasuke. I, I could see this playing out on the big screen. If I'm not wrong, um, I think I saw at one point that uh, – Chadwick Bozeman, uh rest in peace he was attached to a project uh, uh about Yosake um i could see that coming to life you know like a more uh, a more um standard like biop uh pick i i i think that that's something we'll see down the road and it, that's something i would be very welcome to
0: yeah that would be awesome and i i, I don't know how much it would uh how closely aligned it would stay to this story or uh, would have? are you, are you saying it would be kind of in this, like it would borrow from this kind of source material of the anime, or it would just kind of tell its own story based I on think, the historical. context. I
1: think that I, I, from what I, I I could see happen. And I think the Chadwick one that was supposed to be, was more just the historical context and try to get, as much of his story onto the screen as they know about, um, I know there's gaps and you know, who knows how they would conclude it, but I see a more straightforward thing, uh, coming our way at some point. And it's just, it's such a compelling story. And you know, there's, there wasn't anyone like him at the time. Um, you know, just how he came to be and, and, and his, the, what we know about his life. I think it's so fascinating.
0: Yeah, and I, I kind of want to... A chicken and egg questions and been raised in my head now. I want to kind of do my due diligence. For instance, like, you know, I thought this show... what, what I, I started watching it without all the answers. I originally thought Yasuke was... um uh, I, I thought he borrowed heavily from a character named uh, Toyotomi Hideyoshi mm-hmm. who succeeded Nobunaga and continued to unify Japan um, because he came from humble upbringings too and no one wanted to accept him because he didn't come from a um a noble family or any kind of samurai background but anyway going back to what i was saying was is that i I thought that this series probably was like heavily inspired by um afro samurai Mm -hmm. and uh some of the some of the um stories about feudal japan that took place in the 90s but Mm -hmm. it's you know afro samurai now that i'm thinking about it probably has borrowed heavily from the idea of yasuke the Mm -hmm. the black the black samurai who um is legendary in Japan and then we only know bits and pieces of his real story. Totally. Totally. Uh, yeah,
1: Nick Jones uh uh junior the writer, he's a hell of a writer. Samurai sevens is something he worked on as well. Yeah, man, I I got to tell you just the uh the the this idea uh just how clever this feudal Japan reimagined with magic and advanced technology. It was hitting a lot of marks of things I really really like and I think you know, as ridiculous as it might seem to some people. I just thought they pulled it off in a really, really awesome way. Is there any, uh, any, anything else that comes to mind that, um, uh, to, to bring this conversation home?
0: Well, you touched, yeah, you touched upon something, uh, earlier than you just revisited it right now, which is, um, just like this, this is so fantastic. We got <laughs> robots and where bears and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, that's how anime rolls sometimes. Totally. And, and sometimes you watch something and you, don't know if it's happening in the past or the present uh-huh. or the future like you got swords and shields and then you got cell phones like an afro samurai but um what i what i'm getting at is i think you hit the nail on the head if you have compelling characters and their stories are told well and they can tap into your emotions and you can empathize with these characters then it doesn't really matter how fantastic everything happening around you is as long as you're on a journey with these characters it absolutely absolutely so uh i'm glad we
1: talked about it though i really wanted to spread the word a little bit I, you know i know with all the offerings uh netflix has sometimes these things uh slip under people's radar so this is uh, fun to shine a light on it and real fun to uh talk to you about it so thanks so much for coming back on the show doug appreciate it thanks for having me, mike this is fun yep. and uh thank you everybody out there for once again joining the party